All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. 5.07 p.m. So we're seven minutes past when all the bars have closed because of the coronavirus. 608-785-7914, the better hearing, uh, the Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. Yep, that started today. State of Wisconsin issued a statewide ban on gatherings of 10 or more people. Bars and restaurants closed at 5 p.m., except for takeout. There are a few exceptions. More details to come, says Lacrosse County. I believe Jim Rabalski with the County Health Department will be on with Mike Hayes in the morning. I talked to the County Health Department just a little while ago, kind of setting that up, and they were busy still. Quite busy. So I'm going to have on Megan Meller. Drew's telling me her last name is Meller. We'll figure it out. She's going to come on in about right after the first set of news. So pretty quick, like five, ten minutes. Try to get in here. I have a whole slew of questions. But if you have questions and you want to ask a microbiologist that works at Gunderson that's dealing with this every day, get at me in the talk and text line, the Sugarloaf Ford talk and text line, 608-785-7914. Those are the questions. That's how I'm going to uh, look for questions you have. And I'll be able to ask her those along with my list of 5,000 questions. So, yeah, if you want to get in here and call me right now, you can too. If you you just want to talk about what's going on in society and the world. The bar's closed tomorrow. That's what I'm getting. Oh, Cedric's telling me the bar's closed tomorrow. Did I read that wrong? As of March 17th, today. Cedric, you're wrong. Starting today. Bars and restaurants will be closed. That's the uh, the little meme I'm getting from the county health department. So I'll go figure that out for sure. As I'm reading here, Tuesday, March 17th, all public and private mass gatherings are prohibited in the state of Wisconsin. I believe Minnesota did this yesterday. Effective 5 p.m. on Tuesday, March 17th, all bars and restaurants shall close in the state of Wisconsin except as provided below for restaurants. Effective at 5 p.m. on Wednesday, March 18th, all public and private schools institutions of higher education in the state of Wisconsin shall close for instructional and extracurricular activities at 5 p.m. Such institutions shall remain closed for the duration of the public health emergency or until subsequent order is lifted. So, yeah, I'm I'm reading bullet points now from the the media release. Uh, We'll go to the phones. Caller, who's this? This is Heidi. Hey, Heidi. Go ahead. You got a minute. Okay. I'm just wondering, has there been uh, an end date or is this indefinite in the lacrosse or Wisconsin area in general? And um, does it also include places like McDonald's, A&W, Taco, all those kind of places? Is the inside going to be closed and the drive through only open? Yeah, I believe I believe it will be all those places. And bl- drive through. Uh, you you should be able to go through. It says takeout, so I'm guessing takeout is drive through. And um, I'm I'm just guessing here. I mean, if you're going to go to a restaurant, you could probably call them and ask them to, and and you know they might be able to because they might just close as well, or they might close at five and and not be offering takeout after five p.m. because maybe they don't get a, enough orders. Um, there's so many social media th- places too. Uh, I know Winona has their own little community page. And uh, like, I, f- I think it's like Perkins from eleven to two is serving meals for kids twelve and under for free, and 
If, if you guys know of those, shoot me a text. I know I was looking at the Winona page, so I'm sure there's multiple lacrosse pages. I think Toppers in Onalaska was doing that as well. Um, I don't know the age, but I just remember, you know, they were giving out small pizzas for kids, you know, during the week that are home from school. Um, so if you can, if you guys know of, of more, more places, I believe Eat Street, Uber Eats, maybe too, Eat Street, I think they're doing free deliveries. So if you wanted to get, you know, some, some food or, or something delivered, that, that would be a way to, to do that. And the delivery fee is being waived. So how awesome is that? All right. Let's go. Let's take a break. Let's get news. And then Megan Miller from Gunderson will come on and she'll answer my 50 questions. We'll be back after this. I was. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM Gunderson. Let's see. Megan, I didn't get your exact title, but I'm just going to say you're a microbiologist at Gunderson. How does that sound? Close enough. That's my background, but I'm an infection preventionist. Oh, okay. Infection preventionist. Is that, did I do that right? You did um, do that right. It kind of flows. Infection preventionist, Megan Miller. No, I, I know it's fun to say. Um, next time I'll do it like a, like I'm announcing you for uh, a wrestling event <laughs> or something. Um, all right, so let's get down to business. I have a whole slew of questions, but we can just do this quick. You know, uh, what do you think the most important thing somebody needs to know right now going into lacrosse or Wisconsin closing the bars? And I believe Minnesota did this yesterday, closing essentially bars at 5 p.m. and telling people to stay home and, uh, and all that jazz. What, what do you think? I, th- I think it's brilliant. You know, it comes down to what we're learning about this virus and how, you know, while those with weaker immune systems do tend to, like, get really sick, it's those that are also healthy that get sick. And so what we call it in kind of public health is flattening the curve. If we can cause, if we can lower the amount of people that get sick in a short period of time, the more better off our healthcare systems are to take care of essentially anyone who comes through our doors. But if it's a lot of people at one time, it's kind of like what we saw happen at the grocery stores this weekend. When you, you know, cram in the grocery stores, it becomes overwhelmed and you can't get what you want and you have to wait a long time. Yeah, and then that's what and, happen to, and you don't even get toilet paper, so absolutely. or chicken. Well, that's what could ha- that's what theoretically could happen to our healthcare system if we don't social distance. Yeah, we're not gonna. We might run out of medicines for certain people, or I guess ventilators. I'm reading about that a lot, and and then just right. just certain. Maybe we run out of tests. I don't know. Do you guys have an unlimited supply of tests, or is there only so many? You know, I I think it's fair to say that no one has an unlimited supply. You know, there is a finite supply. Okay. And so, you know, it's a matter of, you know, who do we test? You know, we really want to make sure we're capturing that population that is most at risk for developing a severe illness from this. All right. So you guys, did you roll out like drive-through testing today or in the last couple of days? So, yeah, we rolled it out yesterday afternoon. So it went live at 2, went until 4.30, and today was our first full day. So we're kind of, we're going to be a Monday through Friday operation for the next foreseeable future. Okay. So uh, drive-through testing um, explain why, how people would get to the point where they need to go and get tested. You know, what, what are the prerequisites, I guess? So what we're asking a patient is to call ahead. So this would be, if you have symptoms that are compatible with COVID, so this is fever, shortness of breath, a dry cough, and let's say you have diabetes, heart disease, lung disease, um, or you're, you know, being treated for cancer, you're, you know, whatever, if you kind of meet those conditions and you also know that you've been exposed to 
COVID or been to a kind of region, region of travel, it's really important to call your healthcare provider or to call our telephone nurse advisor line because that's going to get you connected to our drive-up clinic. So they're, you know, they'll ask you a couple questions and then they'll kind of set you up with your, with our, what I call COVID nurse line. And it's those ner- group of nurses that will then say, yes, you meet the criteria. This is how you get to our drive-up testing location. Okay. Is it pretty hard to get to the point where you need to get tested? Because I was reading about, you know, early on, uh, some people figured they had it. They they didn't get a fl- they they didn't pass a flu test. You know they didn't have the flu, and then they just they couldn't get to the to a point where they would be allowed to be tested. So you know in this in in this instance, I would say you know be patient with the system. You know a lot of what we created was created within a matter of you know twenty four to forty eight hours, and so we're still in the process of figuring out workflows. And I think now that there's a sense of awareness within not only our community, but, you know, across the whole country of uh, the risk this poses, we're seeing kind of a surge of phone calls coming into the organization. And so I think that's where, you know, some people are getting frustrated by the wait times. And so that's, again, where I would just encourage, you know, patients, you know, patients with the system. And, you know, if, you, if you're not getting through to a TNA, but you still want to, or a nurse advisor, but you still want to talk to someone, your healthcare provider, your primary healthcare provider is going to be that best person to talk to in order to get, you know, consultation for testing. Um, we talked about flattening the curve and maybe people don't understand. Uh, it's just a, just a graph, right? And you don't, you don't want people to flood the hospitals right away. We don't want the, the, the virus to spread too quickly. That's, that's the point of social right. distancing, right? And this, this idea of, of closing everything down and, and staying home and trying to work from home, right? Right. So again, you know, the best analogy is like, what, what if, you know, if we spaced out our visits to the grocery store over a couple of days, you know, everyone would be able to get the supplies because you'd be able to restock the shelves. So, you know, everyone would be able to get what they need versus having everyone flood, you know, stores at one point in time, you know, you know, shelves are empty. You don't have time to restock. That's, yeah, that's the best analogy I can use. So it's like, if we were to spread that out, you know, we all would have more supplies if we can spread that out to our healthcare system, you know, the much better off we all are going to be as a community. Is it a little strange that La Crosse County hasn't had a confirmed case yet? I'm going to consider us very fortunate at this time. You know, I'm hoping, you know, that, you know, we're seeing more cases pop up on the east side of the state, you know, so the, the more populated, so the Milwaukee area, Madison, and kind of up along the Interstate 41 corridor. So, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic but i do think it's just a matter of time yeah it's it's definitely it's going to get here and then it's, it's a matter of whether or not we do the things that that are going to help slow this down right because we're not going to prevent it we just need to slow it down absolutely so it's it's, it's coming it's just a matter of how big is it going to be and what I've, I've been hearing coming out of italy was they're like heat our you know learn from us like learn from our mistakes like we didn't social distance you know we continue to do all of this despite the warning and now we're paying a significant price for this I, and so i think the actions we're taking now will hopefully prevent you know something that big happening within our community i've read that the uk is telling Older, vulnerable people, older and vulnerable and older, vulnerable people to stay home. They need to really just stay home and not go out. And the rest of society can kind of live their lives semi-normally and do what they do because they're going to contract the virus, but they're not necessarily going to get 
so sick that they would need to be hospitalized. Is that is that completely? That's a little baffling to me. But is that is that a way to go, or is that just is that wrong? It's a little baffling to me too, because what I'm hearing coming out of the studies from China and elsewhere are that the even though the younger aren't getting as sick, they tend to be very infectious, so they can infect a lot of people, and 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 in some cases they're not even showing symptoms, and they can still infect people, and so this is where like. If you think you're fine, but you go to visit grandma in isolation, you just exposed her without even realizing it. And so that's another purpose of social distancing is saying, you know, I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to keep my distance from you because I don't want to get you sick, even if I have it. Yeah, that's uh, having that. I I, uh, I kind of want to go home this week. I haven't been home in a while and I've, I want to show I got a new car. I want to show off my new car to my parents. And then I'm like, I really shouldn't do that because a they live on the east side of the state and they probably have it, but but b I'm you know I'm I'm younger. My parents are in their 70s, so yeah, probably probably shouldn't do that, right? Right, you know. And I have friends who'd say, you know, I oh I love to come and visit you to help you relieve, you know, you know, just so we can chill next week. And I'm like, I would normally say yes, but please at this point just stay away. Like, you know, we have you know social media, we have cell phones, like we can communicate and stay in touch that way, but. You know, I think for the time being, until we kind of until this comes and we see it kind of going away, you know, then you know, for the time being, I just want to you know kind of keep my distance from my loved ones. Um, it's getting to be allergy season. People suffer from allergies. Um, how are they going to be able to? And, and COVID nineteen has like allergy symptoms as well, right? Are the, is there a way to determine? Oh, these are allergies. Oh, maybe I I I might have this. Yeah, and so that was also the trick. That's the tricky thing with COVID is some of the symptoms also mirror the flu. And so right now, it's, we're kind of seeing that about 90% of people who have COVID illness have a fever. And those of us who have allergies, you know, myself included, we don't get a fever. You know, we're going to get congested. You know, our eyes are going to get scratchy. And those aren't things that you would see typically with, that you're not going to really see at all with COVID. Some people, like a very small portion, I think like 3%, report congestion. You know, if you have allergies, you kind of know the timing. Like I know right now, okay, my allergies are going to kind of start kicking in. And so I think those are, it's going to be a little bit easier to discern allergies from COVID. What's going to be harder is if you have the flu, you know, kind of compare, you know, differentiate the flu from COVID. Um, a, a lot of times people, anytime we want to make the argument that this is serious, this, this is a pandemic, a global pandemic at this point, and uh, everyone needs to do what, essentially what we're told, do what you're told, stay home, you're grounded, essentially. Um, a lot of times the argument is, oh, the flu is much worse. It's killed so many more people. Can you explain why the flu and, and COVID-19 are, are two different things and we need to take this serious? Yeah. So, you know, to talk about flu, it's one of those, it's so many people in the U.S. get infected with it every year because it's already kind of, it's prevalent. It's a year. It's not going away. And so we're seeing a lot of deaths because of that, because it's just the high volume of people who get infected, you know. At the, you know, at the time being, COVID, like, it's here, but it's not causing the same number of illnesses. And so what scientists kind of look at, they call it like a case fatality rate. So it's the number of confirmed illnesses and the number of confirmed deaths. So you could divide the number of deaths by the number of confirmed illnesses, and you get, like, a percentage. And when you do that for the flu, you get a percentage for, like, the elderly, which are, you know, the higher risk of dying from the flu, of about, i say, between 0.5 and 1%, so pretty low. When you do the same thing for COVID, you get we're getting around three, three and a half percent. So that's significant when you start looking at a population at a whole. So if, if 
you know, 3% of 100 is three people dying, you know, and you keep multiplying that. You you rack up a lot more deaths from COVID than you would from the flu. Um, how do you tell, I, I don't know, do you see a lot of fake information on this? And, and is there a way to tell real from fake? And I don't know, do you got any strategies there? You know, I, I think it's also due to the, the fact there's so much information that's being circulated out there about, about it and people don't know what to believe. And so my best recommendation is to always refer back to what the CDC is saying. They have some really great FAQ, frequently asked questions and answers, especially for travel and different health populations. And also the World Health Organization is also a really great resource. And so I would say, you know, use your other outlets, but when in doubt, check back with those two sites and you're going to kind of get your, your answer will be confirmed or you know, proven elsewise on those, on those sites. So my, like my Facebook friend who I've never actually met that posted something, it looks like he wrote it out, but he started it with a Stanford scientist said, and it, and then it, all the information looks pretty legit. You're saying not to believe that guy. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, I'm definitely like, there's, you know, there's the resources I've, you know, Information that's coming out of top universities, you know, universities in general. No, I'm, I'm, this is literally a viral, this is literally a viral post that I've looked up. It's something about Stanford and then it's got all these things and I'm like, oh, that's, that's just, it's something like hold your breath for 10 seconds and if you can do that, you're fine. And, and but it's written out. There's no link and there's no, there's no actual, you know, there's no way to to double check this unless you grab some of the, that information and and Google it yourself. But I see that quite a bit. I've seen like two or three posts where they're, you know, oh, Stanford's okay. That sounds good, but it's all written out. So I don't know. It's just really annoying how much, how much fake uh, social media posts are out there on this thing. It is, you know, and it's kind of unfortunate, you know, with the day and age that we live in. But, you know, I'm also encouraged by how our, you know, our media has kind of come around, you know, you know, you know, come out in droves to help us get the right messages out there. You know, so that's where, again, fever is going to be your primary symptom that we're seeing, um, followed by a cough. Not everyone's going to develop shortness of breath, but if you have a fever and a cough, you know, you and a dry cough, you know, that could be a pretty good indication you have COVID, you know, and then, you know, again, some people might just have a sore throat. Others might have a little bit of congestion. It's going, you know, it's, it's hard. Respiratory illnesses are very hard, not only to detect, but to contain. And that's what we're seeing right now on a global level. Um, I don't go to the hospital all that much. I haven't been to the doctor for a while. If, if somebody just needs to go to the doctor, just in general, like, can, can, can I just walk into the hospital right now? Or do you, do you screen people before they even come into the building? So we are starting to do some screening, you know, for the symptoms because we want to make sure that our healthcare staff are protected. In cases, you know, in times like this, your healthcare workers are your frontline staff. You know, they're the most vulnerable. And so, you know, we're working really hard behind the scenes to make sure that our staff have the appropriate protection to wear when caring for patients, but that we also have kind of, I want to say stops kind of set up, you know, you know, question and answer moments and, you know, patients, you know, are going to anticipate being asked certain questions and kind of receiving some frontline screening. We also encourage anyone who's going to come into our clinic or hospital who has respiratory symptoms, you know, even if they just, they're pretty sure it's just a common cold to still put on a droplet mask because that's going to keep anyone around them from getting sick. Okay. And then just very basic, how do I catch the coronavirus <laughs> or the coronavirus yeah. COVID-19, I should say? So, you know, we know kind of two main ways. So it's from sneezing. So if you sneeze and cough and you don't cover your cough, those droplets are going to hang out and anyone within 
I know a good six foot radius of you is going to inhale that. And that's how they get infected. So that's why we really encourage everyone, you know, if you're going to sneeze or cough, cover your sneeze, cover your cough, and then wash your hands afterwards. Okay. So then another way you can get it is if those droplets land on a surface, you know, we're still trying to figure out how long a you know, virus lives on surfaces. And it could be anywhere from like a day to 20, you know, or like an hour to 24 hours or to even longer. We don't know yet. And so another way you can get sick is if you, you know, you're touching, let's say, a grocery cart that someone sneezed on before you, but you don't realize it. And then you, after touching that grocery cart, you then rub your eyes. That's another easy way to get exposed. And so that's where hand washing becomes really important. So like anytime, you know, you're about to eat or if you need to put your contacts in or, you know, whatever, please wash your hands before you do that. Because the soap and water is a, is a really good way to get the virus off your hands and then, you know, really help reduce your odds of getting sick. Yeah, I just carry a bucket of soap and water with me at all times. I don't know if you do or not. I've never, I don't, but I, you know, I'm not a germaphobe. I never was before this, and I've never washed my hands more in my life. My my friend lives in Seattle, and her daughter needs, uh, I think, needs surgery or, or physical therapy or something, and they've actually postponed that. They've said, no, we're going to, and I don't know if they, I can't remember if she said they were postponing it. Actually, I got it right here. Need treatments uh, put on hold th- till May till, through May first. That's what they're doing in Seattle. Obviously, it's a pan, you know, worse over there. Um, are you guys mm-hmm. doing stuff like that at this point, where you're, you know, like postponing stuff that that's pretty basic that can probably just not be, have to be done for uh, you know weeks or months out. So at the moment, we're just kind of looking at what our options are, and we're going to go from there. So we know we haven't decided anything yet, but. We're gonna, you know, we're basing our actions on what the recommendations are from the CDC and other supporting organizations. Would it be smart for these people to just, you know, uh, I, I have an appointment at Gunderson next week, Wednesday, for for something pretty basic? Maybe I should just reschedule it, or or should they just go on through with the schedule? I would I would encourage patients to continue to go on with the schedule unless otherwise notified. Okay, and. Um, you mentioned uh, catching the virus, sneezing, you know, touching each other. So when I'm playing basketball and super sweaty and then I like box out another guy uh, who's also super, that's probably a good way to catch the virus, huh? Potentially, but again, it's not going to be spread through sweat. It's just really going to be spread through those, um, I would say, you know, nasal secretions or, you know, saliva. And so, you know. Oh, we're spitting on of- each other too all the time. Yeah. Oh, and all that, yeah, sitting on each other, and then definitely wash your hands afterwards. Um, that's interesting, though. So, like, it, it wouldn't be, you know, obviously we're we're in close contact. We're playing basketball. We're we're pretty face to face at times, breathing on each other. I don't know, just basic mm-hmm. breathing would do it. But uh, but that's interesting. Like, you know, the like, bodily sweat wouldn't wouldn't, uh, you know. All right, good to know. But uh, you're still saying yeah. probably don't play basketball. Huh? Or, you know, I guess if you can, keep you know, keep a little bit of distance, which is probably, it's going to be a lot harder in basketball. But I'm not, I don't play, I don't really play basketball. <laughs> You're not, okay, that makes so. sense. Not your area of expertise. Um, all right, not I asked you a expertise. bunch of questions, but I don't, did I, did I miss anything that maybe people need to know that I just didn't ask you? You know, I, I think some of the, you know, with social distancing, people ask, well, how long is this going to be? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I can only say at this moment indefinitely, but. The sooner we act and the more proactive we are, the faster this will be over. You know, public health is one of those things where if you act aggressively and then in the end people are going to be like, well, that was an overreaction. That means we did that we did our job, you know, that we stopped it from becoming a big deal. Whereas if we know we're a little bit more complacent, you know, and it became a big deal, then people are going to wonder, you know, what went wrong. And so, you know, I just encourage everyone to be patient with 
the mandates that are coming down and, you know, to realize it's being done so that way we can hopefully, you know, resume to our normal activities sooner rather than later. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Megan. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Megan Meller, Gunderson, microbiologist, but infectious disease expert. How about that? I know she's a, her, her area of a study was microbiology, but uh, appreciate her having her coming on. We're super late for news, but I wanted to get all those questions in. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. We're going to get in here. Sugarloaf 4, talk and text line 608 785 7914. Just had Megan Meller on from Gunnerson answer all those coronavirus questions, COVID 19 questions. COVID 19, I think that's a drink. Um, I've seen a lot of posts. The, the posts are kind of never ending when it comes to uh, what co- our communities are doing to, to kind of offset the, uh, the life changing the alterations we have with our everyday lives. Um, you know, lacrosse Logan posted today. Thanks to hunger task force and our food pantry for keeping lacrosse high school or lacrosse school kids fed during these unprecedented time with a free for all food, free for all Logan high school students picking up food from three ten to three thirty. Northside families without students at the high school can pick up food from three thirty five to four. Uh, until it was gone. I think that was earlier today they posted that. So, hey, I'm posting stuff that happened two hours ago. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, talk- I'm talking about stuff. So, uh, you know, multiple businesses are stepping up to kind of you, do the same thing, right? I, I see toppers in Onalaska. Somebody said the lacrosse toppers is doing this as well. Um, it's on their their social media page, literally toppers on Alaska, Wisconsin. Uh, as we see in schools, will be closing temporarily while we figure out the best way to handle the spread. Our own family and team discussed this morning the stress this will put on many local families who rely on school lunch. If, you have, if you're concerned about being able to afford lunch for your children, please stop by our location, location on Alaska. During lunch hours, we'll be happy to offer a small pizza, no charge, no other purchase necessary. Ask for a manager or a shift leader, and they will make this happen. Our thoughts and prayers to the community offer valid at the top of Toppers on Alaska. Location Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. until April 3rd, and then from there they'll 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 you know reassess. Maybe they'll extend that. But so if you want your kids to have a free small pizza, you know if that if that's going to help you out, if you need that, I would say you could take advantage of it of it either way. But if if you're in in a place of need and, and need that to happen. Uh, if you guys out there have other businesses, I'm just, you know, this is what comes through my timeline and what people are sharing and sharing to me. I know it's, it's kind of never ending. I, I was on a whole Winona, the city of Winona kind of post that just talked about all the businesses. I think Perkins was doing uh, similar to what I just mentioned Toppers is doing. Um, so it's kind of never ends. Oh, Eat Street, uh, which is based out of Madison. They're delivering, they're waiving delivery fees for orders from Quick Trip. So if you need something from Quick Trip, you can go on Eat Street and uh, and order it through there and the delivery fee will be waived. So there's another way uh, you know, to, to help you avoid going out, right? Avoid uh, getting uh, interacting with people, which is what we're trying to do right now. 
Um, all right, we'll go to the phones. Tom, is this Tom? Yeah. Hey, Tom, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Thanks, uh, Rick. Um, I, I enjoy listening to your uh, medical person um, at the pr- first half of the hour. Thanks. I- I'm not. I'm not a medical person. I- I'm lucky if I can put a Band-Aid on the right way, and my wife can confirm this. The sticky um, side. The sticky side on the skin. I know it. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, a friend of mine um, posted something. Or uh, his friend, uh, head ER nurse, and I. I'm not not going to say her name, but uh, I. She said that uh, at their hospital, wherever that is, I think somewhere in Wisconsin, that they um, the the spread factor of coronavirus has gone from a airborne to a droplet. I didn't know there was a difference. I never even heard of that. But I mean, it falls in line with the hand washing and and that kind of thing in the space stuff. But I just thought that was encouraging. I, I do think this is better safe than sorry. You don't want to have holiday ins turn into triage centers by any means, and. Um, and just get on top of it. But um, I do think it's, uh, I'd like to think by the you know, summertime, this will be uh, um, well past. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Have All a right. good day. Thanks. thanks. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for the call. Uh, we'll go to Joe. Joe, you're on the air, man. Hey, Rick. I just, let me get this through before you cut me off. There were a lot of people that own a lot of the world's money who invested in slave labor overseas and then paid off Congress and contributed a lot of money to Hillary's campaign so that their fruits could be uh, harvested later on. That didn't happen when Trump got in. So now what we're looking at is we got a lot of people who own most of the media who are on the side of of leaders like Xi Jinping who don't mind uh, putting their people out for slave labor as long as it gets them the cutbacks. Or the kickbacks. So what we're looking at now is the last attempt of the swamp to try to bring down the economy to sink Trump so that they get a lot better uh, deal going forward. So I encourage people to ignore the bans. Ignore. All right. Very helpful, Joe. Uh, probably done taking your calls. Uh, number three, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Oh, wait. Now you're on the air. Sorry. Go ahead. Now you're on the air. How are you feeling today? A uh, little, little warm after that last call. Oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> anyway, I can see how this is going to affect. Is getting very serious in the food industry. Yeah. In your processing plants, say if uh, you got got a hundred thousand chickens to kill tomorrow, and your help don't show up, and in the poultry plant and the meat plant, they're working shoulder to shoulder. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're shoulder to shoulder, and people don't come to work because you're afraid of getting sick. There could be a shortage of poultry and beef products and everything else. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have a, possibly a shortage of people coming to work at this point. That's what I mean, yeah. You know, don't you... Well, on the other end of it... Off at, every at, line don't show up. It's going to put down production, and they got... You know, there's birds out that are going to be killed seven, eight weeks from now in your beef industry, too. That's all on a cycle. You know, it's all slated to come in and be processed. And if there's nobody there to work, you know, people are sick or you're not showing up, we've got a problem. Yeah, and so this is this is kind of the, the part of the solution is 
we're, we're, you know, you're going to work, but when you're done with work, you're not going a to the bars. Now they're closed at five, but you're not going out and about. You're not kind of like interacting with anyone. You're just trying to like go work, go home, go work, go home. That way, right. we, we slow the spread. I don't think we're going to stop the spread, but we're going to try to slow the spread. Oh. Therefore, we don't a overload the hospitals and d- b deplete the workforce for the for the necessities of our food. You know, essentially, we got to kill right. the chickens. I guess we all got to eat. We were worrying about beer and that yesterday. Now we got something more to worry about. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my thought on it. After being in the business thirty five years. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call. You bet. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. The Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. Uh, Eric from Sparta. You're on. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, Rick Sloan, you are part of the problem. The people who need to be praised are the truck drivers like the milkman and Mike Show in the morning. You are part of the problem. Extending this. Why, why am I part of the problem? Okay. I'm part of the problem because of the milk drivers and something. Uh, Eric, if you want to call back and explain that, feel free because that was pretty whack. Um, All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple minutes left here, about five minutes. Uh, Just one more time, the state of Wisconsin, Governor Tony Evers has ordered pretty much all public and private mass gatherings prohibited as of 5 p.m. today. So the bars are closing. You can get carryout still. You can take out whatever you want to call it, drive through you can still get it that way, but we're we're not going inside the bars anymore, the bars, restaurants, stuff like that. Uh, you can check out wisdomnews.com for uh, the whole story there. We'll go back to the phones. Uh, Andy's waiting. Andy, go ahead. You're on the air. For the love of everything good in the universe, people, if you don't need a respirator for work, if you're not in the medical profession, don't buy them. There are guys like us that do welding and maintenance work. We need them because some of the chemicals we work with, some of the gases that come up will kill us. Medical professionals, if they don't have a mask, what they can get will kill them. And then where will everybody be? You have to be fit tested. You have to make sure they fit right. You have to be trained to use them. If you don't, they won't do a dang thing for you. So please, please quit buying them. All right. Thanks, Andy. I'm going to go... Back to the phones. I think Bob's calling. Bob, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hi, Rick. Hey. Um, yeah, was it? I think it was Joel that called you just a little bit ago, and he he was trying to explain something to you. Yep. He did. He was trying, um, and it was pretty whack. So we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna hit that again. Uh, <laughs> getting texts about that too. So uh, one other thing. Oh, someone Phil texted in. Something, something about in Italy and hugging a hugging campaign, and I'm not going to get into any of the details. But he he just he just shared essentially, I think the headline and and some of the maybe some of the story. And he, he if he put it in there, he goes true story, and it was about a hug in Italy and and hugging, and that's how the disease was spread. And um, Phil, that's fake. That's essentially what fake news is. And if you just Google that you'll you'll find that that is a, a story meant to create divisiveness amongst you know essentially other countries so uh, amongst people to, to just spread the hate that's what those stu- stories are doing so I, I implore you 
when you're when you're looking at stuff on social media and it looks like a little bit a little bit crazy like oh yeah that's you know it but seems logical but also a little just a little out there just grab a couple of the keywords and google it and and try to think of and try to try to just vet it a little bit because um there's a lot of stories out there whether it be covid-19 coronavirus or or anything else anything anything else like all the, there's always going to be something some kind of fake news story out there. Um, all right, Eric's back. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I think uh, you better hope that uh, it's not, it sounds like a joke to you. You better hope your basketball players will sweat all over you, come home and start sweating to death and end up in the hospital. That's that's what you think about this, a big joke. Thanks. Okay. Um, quit playing basketball. Quit playing volleyball. Don't do any of that anymore. A little sad about it. It's like my my one one of my very few social outlets that uh, I really enjoyed, and that's how I really make a lot of friends and interact with people is playing volleyball and basketball. And now I don't do that anymore because of this, because it's not going to help. <laughs> so uh, I'm doing my part. The one thing I really love to do besides this show. Play volleyball and basketball. Haven't haven't been able to do that anymore. So, um, all right, that's all the time I have. We're gonna change it up tomorrow. Jacob Siamis is gonna come on. We're gonna talk about the bike share program that Lacrosse is trying to implement, and maybe we'll have a little bit of updates on coronavirus. But WisdomNews.com, go check it out there. If if you want, you, you know, read about this Governor Evers story, what's happening. I think Tim Walls, Minnesota governor, did the same thing yesterday. Yeah, we'll try to, like, just limit the coronavirus stories as long as nothing new happens tomorrow, which is highly doubtful. All right, thanks, guys.